I want to introduce you today to an extraordinary young Black girl, Normani Hamilton, who has written a book called My Beautiful Hair. Hi, Normani. Hi, Rodale. How are you? I'm good. Okay, thank you. I will start by saying, Normani, your hair is beautiful today. Thank and you. And you're wearing a nice t-shirt. That, mm -hmm. that is the title of your book, which is My Beautiful Hair. Well, I, I want to start because this is, I mean, you're 10 years old now, so I probably mm -hmm. should tell people that right away um, mm -hmm. because there's no video and they can't see you. So you're 10 years old. You wrote mm -hmm. your book when you were nine, but the story started when you were four and you got up one morning and looked in the mirror and, and that's the story in the book. So could you just tell me what that, what that story is? So the story is about a girl who looks in the mirror and says, oh, my hair is so tangly. Why does my hair have to be like this? All of the girls' hair at my school is glossy, fabulous, and my hair is just tangled and all messed up. So the story is technically about just be yourself. Be who you are. Don't let anybody stop you being of who you are. So. And you the story itself now is that the, is it a true story because it's a story about you getting up or, yes. or, or a little girl getting up and looking in the mirror and then going on a picnic with the neighbors is is that what actually happened yes and so you went to the park you put on a bucket hat to cover mm -hmm. your hair and had yes. you ever done that before um had you no, ever worried about yeah, it no uh Okay, so you went to the park and you mm -hmm. had your bucket hat on and it blew off and you were embarrassed thinking, oh, you know, my friend, my neighbor is going to think my hair is horrible, but she loved your hair. Yes. Uh, were you surprised and how did that make you feel? Um, I was surprised. I was happy. When you went back to school after that, um, and Rodale, I'm going to ask you in a second, because I know Normani came to you and, and, uh, you had to sort of, I think you were a bit taken aback and you had to talk to her about that. But when you went back to school after that, did you feel good about your hair or did it sort of, you know, sometimes you felt good and sometimes you didn't. I did feel really good. And you, um, you now, uh, so five years later when you were nine, you wrote the book, My Beautiful Hair. Eight at the eight. Oh, you were eight. Okay. Yes. So, and you're 10, you're 10 now, and now mm -hmm. you're a superstar author. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, it's been exciting, I would imagine, because your friends at school and your teachers, you, you're from Niagara Falls and you go to Father Hennepin, Hennepin Elementary School. And I understand that your friends are really excited for you. And mm -hmm. you were supposed to have a book fair today which it's was moved. it's moved to tomorrow yeah it's moved okay that's good because it's a book fair and your book was going to be one of the highlights mm -hmm. of the day and have your friends read it already yes my friends have read it yeah, and you're also there are schools in Toronto and I think Hamilton who are also interested in the book now, Rodale, when, when Normani had this, looked in the mirror and all of a sudden thought, my hair is, is wild and I don't know what to do about it and I'm embarrassed, she came to you. Yes, she and, did. 
And how did you react and what were you, what, what could you say to her? I mean, like I said in a previous interview, at four, it's a very difficult conversation to have because how do you position this uh, to a four-year-old to kind of just break it down for them to understand, you know, the variations of here, um, especially with our culture and how uh, here varies depending on, you know, moisture, depending on, um, you know, if it, it's straightened, um, the grease that we use, the, the moisturizers that we use. And so it was very um, difficult for me. And I literally had to take a step back and decide how do I want to position this to her? How do I want to explain this to her? And as you can see, she has very nice, thick, long hair. And so I would observe that during getting her hair styled, you know, she would cry sometimes or it was just not her best time. She just didn't enjoy getting her hair done at all. And so I had to sit down and I had to, um, you know, break down. Okay, so for or culture and or type of hair, it might sometimes be painful or it might sometimes require more moisture in order for you not to feel, um, you know, that pressure on the scalp that um, you currently are feeling. And um, of course, it does take greater uh, care because now we have to wash it more often, um, you know, to get a blowout might take a longer time than if you had fine or thinner hair. And so I had to break all of that down for a four-year-old in order for her to understand this is why your hair is how it is, but not take away from the fact that your hair is still beautiful just the way it is. Yeah, well, I'm the person you described with the thin blonde hair. <laughs> and so for me, um, literally, I, I can wash my hair, shake my head, it dries in and off I go. So I've got very low maintenance because my hair is short as well. But it's it, it's interesting that it is so different um, in styling your hair. But I have to say, I'm going to say this, Normani, right now you have some different beads woven into your hair and, and then your hair is, you know, sort of free on the top. I can't do that. And it is so cool. And I've always been so jealous that I really, I can't do anything to make my hair look any different. So looking at you, I can see it probably takes a lot of work. Um, and how often do you change it? I change it maybe once a month. So now you are writing your second book and it's called My Beautiful Skin. Do you hear from other kids that, because this is a body image thing, and I mean, you're a black child and that, so it's very, very different for you, but it's also a body image problem for so many young girls. Do you think that your, that your new book is going to reach out to, to young girls as well? And even with the hair who maybe their, maybe their issue is weight and they see themselves as being very fat. Do you think that your book reaches out to, to your friends who may be feeling that way? Yes. You also volunteer with a group that your mom's put together for the winter time. You put together packages for people who need warm socks. So you've learned for your mom, from your mom. Yes. To, to give back to the community. Yes. And in the summer, you work, 
you you hand out water bottles and where do you do that we do it to the homeless and we usually do it to people that are like thirsty like say you're on a walk like say you're a homeless person sitting down like on a crosswalk we would give them and uh, we also go to the soup kitchen Niagara Falls soup kitchen and uh, YWCA in St. Catharines. So um, quite a few other uh, places that we can reach through this um, initiative. And I believe that the soup kitchen calls it um, something thirst. They, they, they have a Wednesday or Thursday thing that they, they put on at the soup kitchen. So Bonnie has been great with that. She actually runs things over there. Um, so, yeah, Normani does quite a bit um, throughout the year uh, for um, volunteer work. You are inspiring and an extraordinary young girl. And mm -hmm. I'm I'm um, wondering where can people get your book? They can get it off of Amazon, local bookstores, local libraries. And um, it's now in all Niagara Catholic School Board libraries, uh, elementary school board uh, libraries. It's also at the Jamaican National Library in Jamaica. And um, wow. I have, yes, international. You're an international author. <laughs> I also have books in stock. And um, we are currently talking to other local bookstores to get these books out there because we realize or the feedback that we've gotten from the community is that this book is actually helping not just little black girls like Romani, but other little girls that are struggling with other things are just so inspired that they can just embrace their uniqueness, be who they are and just live in their truth. And that's so important because that is how kids open up with each other. And it's that it's that friend to friend or reading the book and then feeling maybe they can reach out to their parent as well or talk to a friend. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention that um, Rodale did all of the illustrations in the book. Mm -hmm. So it's a it's a mother daughter um, uh endeavor and we look seeing we look forward to seeing your next book and your continuation because i know that your goal now in life is to be an author yes. and i think you're well on your way to doing that yes absolutely and I'm, I'm here to support her i myself have written two books and i think that just watching her go through the process i'm just baffled that at her age you know she's taken it in such stride because for me just starting out with the first book was a challenge and just to see Normani put in the work uh the dedication the commitment to see it through the to the end is just a, a phenomenal thing and I'm, I'm really proud of her I'm super proud of her for that well thank you for for uh, chatting with me Normani and I wish you the best on your new book it is, I think, not just for children. I think it's for everybody. And it's a great story. And I can hardly wait to see your next book. And please, people, go out and look for books in your local bookstore. I always love it if that's where you where you find your book, um, but also on Amazon. Thank you. And, and again, good luck going forward. And maybe we'll talk again when your new book comes out. 
Absolutely. Thank you again for having us. We truly appreciate it. Make it a great day today. Carrie Goring is, uh, and I've spoken to Carrie before on my show. She's a multi-talented person. But Carrie Goring is also very in tune with hair. She has uh, been a hairdresser um, and works specifically with hair for Black women. And so she truly understands the cultural, emotional, mental health elements that are, are wrapped into, into hair. So when you were younger, was this something that you coped with and dealt with going through school? Oh, I am. Uh, I am like, I, I can't even express to you right now, Janice, how celebrating, how I am celebrating this incredible young, young, um, you know, young girl, because she is a girl and yet so eloquent and, and, you know, in her self-awareness enough to be able to write this book and to celebrate her black hair. And the reason why I feel so strongly about this, Janice, is that it tells me that there has finally been movement where our black girls are understanding that they can stand in the essence of themselves and that as they have been created, they are the norm and it is beautiful. Because in my experience growing up, um, I found that it was very much a challenge. It, it's an interesting juxtapose, I think. Because again, I am a black woman and I have what we call 4C hair. And 4C hair is the curliest, kinkiest that you can get. And what that is, is that it, it coils onto itself. Imagine like a spring that holds together like something of a mechanical essence. That's literally the shape of our hair, right? And I found that um, growing up, uh, I, like everybody around me, I grew up in kind of a multicultural area with other black girls whose hair was like mine. And, um, you know, I braided hair or I would spend time with my cousins and stuff. So in my family structure, it was a normal thing. But I tell this story about, for example, my sister and I, um, I only have one sister, my older sister, who I love dearly. We would very often... Um, you know, sing together. We actually would do this quite often. She, the only time she'd pay attention to me was when, when we had these little sing groups and, you know, we would get together and we would sing at, in our bathroom and look at the mirror. And at the time I'm dating myself, this was like the late seventies, when we would sing Sonny and Cher's I've Got You Babe. And so we would be in the mirror and I remember poising myself to go, I got you, babe. And uh, my sister goes, wait, stop, stop, stop. You're not quite right. You're not quite right yet. And I'm like, well, what's wrong? And she made me grab the towel that was behind me and put it over my hair so that I could look like Cher. Because, you know, how can I do I got you, babe, and not be able to swing my hair behind my back? Because that's not, you know, how you would sing this song. And so while I knew that my hair was mine and was beautiful, I was very cognizant at a young age, because I was about seven, six or six, seven, maybe eight at that time. And I was very cognizant that I, my hair did not fit the the norms of what was considered beautiful, because my hair didn't go down my back like shares did. 
And that was an understanding. And about six months later, my mother relaxed my hair. And what that does is makes it, it's a chemical treatment that actually straightens your hair so that it does fit the societal norms. And that was just simply what we did when I was growing up. So to see a young woman, uh, a young woman, sorry, a young girl actually know that this beautiful poof that she has is uh, an amazing thing and is a wonderful thing. I just, I'm celebrating it because um, relaxers are absolutely, there's new studies that are coming out showing there's a, a huge um, relationship between the chemicals that are in relaxers. It's the harshest chemical treatment that could be done to a person's hair and fibroid cancer and fibroids and cancers of um, in the uterus. So, you know, it, it's an interesting space for Black women to know that we would make these sacrifices. And it's an, an, a more amazing celebratory space to know that we can now say we don't have to make choices like that to be normal and beautiful. Well, and it's interesting that your mom at such an early age said, OK, you know, we're going to we're going to straighten your hair so that you can go to school and feel more normal. Now, I know that um, Normani and her mom, Rodale, were, were saying that uh, it takes a long time. And so I can see why, you know, it's kind of almost a cultural thing, get together with the family, because she was saying that, you know, you have to put on the treatment. And I'm, I'm guessing now it's probably not as chemical, you know, and straighten the hair and then braid. And But there's a lot of stages you have to go through. And it's really interesting that as a younger person, and I'm assuming still, that the hair is so important that it became woven into cultural. I was so glad to hear from Normani and then again from you. And Normani says flat out, I was able to see my uniqueness. And I mean, this is a 10 year old, right? I mean, how, uh, how the world has changed. Very much so. And, and, and I, I really want to bring it back to this point around how it is cultural, because again, you know, I often talk about this because for black people, even though we are we come against the societal understandings of what it is, like that that our frame of reference of beauty is not our standard of beauty. There is something from a very young age where, you know what, our hair is about our family structures. And from a historical standpoint, it's actually the place where some integral happenings of, of understanding who we are as a people happen around those spaces. Because whether your hair is natural or your hair is treated, um, there, yes, there is this component of when it is relaxed. I know a part of why my mother did relax my hair is she was also a nurse. And so, you know, there is a huge process around doing natural hair. It literally is a Sunday. And I know for my family, what that meant was all of the aunties and us cousins would get together on a Sunday. And we normally trade off, you know, depending on who was working and who wasn't, they got all the kids in and it was hair braid day. And so what that meant was we would wash, then we all sit down and we would, you know, braid each other's hair, 
talk, laugh, and move through this process. And what also would happen in those moments was there was a bonding. So I would always find out who, what uncle was getting on which auntie's nerves and who was, what was the family gossip or the neighbor's gossip. It was a gathering point. It was a place for me as um, a young child and, and a growing burgeoning woman to learn about myself and my family traditions. And I, my braiding skills, the skill that goes back to our ancient ancestors, because historically, our cornrows and braiding styles in Africa actually were about an in, uh, a process of, of designation. So depending on what your status was um, in your tribe, you actually wore certain braid styles or you wore certain hairstyles. And this carried over uh, even into uh, my West Indian cultures or when people got taken into the Middle Passage, our hair and braiding styles would actually hide. I was I was listening to this and fascinated. They would actually braid Cornwall styles in that would show the map that would allow people to travel to oh um, my freedoms, to come north. The braiding patterns that were put into a cornrow style were actually maps that would take you when you were traveling on the Underground Railroad. So there's a lot of historical understanding and, and a strong sense of who we are when we get these moments together and know these traditions. I learned my cornrowing skills in that place, in that space of sitting at my auntie's or my mother's lap. Literally, you sit in between their legs and you're braiding hair. It's this very intimate expression that gets handed down. So it is a spiritual and traditional sense of ourselves as well. That's an astounding idea that mm -hmm. hair could be braided to create a map. My beautiful hair and Normani's experience for a 10-year-old is really empowering for her. I am like, you know, it's, it's such a powerful space, Janice. Point blank and period. It is what it is. And again, it I'm celebrating because I see the movement. Right. And I know that from in my experience, one of the found foundational pieces that I wanted for my children was for them to understand and stand strong in the fact that they are beautiful and there was no need to change the package. Right. There was no need to have to conform to these conventional senses of beauty. Um, and so for me, I see that it is there was a movement that happened and I'm going to say it started probably from around. I don't know if you remember in the 90s, um, there was a movie called Poetic Justice and it, it starred Janet Jackson. And Janet Jackson in that movie had a whole set of goddess braids, what became called goddess braids. And they are big single braids. And she used to have like these um, ornaments or beads at the end of them. And I remember that being and it, like it hit the fashion trend for us as black women. And we started then coming back to or being in awareness that our natural hair, 
um, could be beautiful. And that was like an interesting space that grew from, and because in the 70s, it was a norm. There was that whole movement around civil rights where we went into, you know, say it loud, I'm black, black and I'm proud. And a political, um, you know, a radical kind of political space was to wear your hair in an Afro. So there's been these waves of where we would accept our natural hair and then we conform back into a norm and then it expanded and grew. Then the internet hit and there has been a movement of black women saying, we are sick and tired of going through the chemical treatment. There was a whole movement and the internet became a place for us to create groups, to have conversations because many of us didn't even know how to look after our natural hair because we hadn't worn it in such a long time. And so it is now, I think at a point where there's a radical acceptance that we're saying, yes, we can do this. And there's now enough knowledge being circulated um, where it is so all right to know how to do this with power. So we're empowering young girls to show up. And that to me is evidence when we can see that Nomani came up with a book that is so powerful. And so that to me is such a victory as we move forward.